Welcome back to Pulm Peeps, everyone. As you know from listening in the past, Burf and I love pulmonary and critical care medicine, and we both look forward to meeting with colleagues and trainees at national conferences. Uh, while we've recorded episodes from prior conference sites in the past, we're doing something a little different this year and are really excited uh, to be talking to you about CHESS 2023, which is coming up next month in October in Hawaii. Barf, I know I'm looking forward to this episode so much, and I know you are too. What do you love about going to a meeting such as CHESS? Oh, I love everything about it. I feel like this is the highlight of my year. We go, you see everybody, you learn a bunch of very cool things, and then you also get to reconnect with people you haven't seen in a while or meet new people. Uh, it's the ideal place uh, to be socializing and learning and improving your medical knowledge. And Chest, I feel like it has so many cool, unique features, all of which we're going to talk about that makes the conference really fun. It's not like being in a, like a lecture series. It has uh, a lot more interaction, and I, I think it's fantastic. So I'm always super excited. What about you? Oh, yeah, totally perfect. I know we'll get into some of this, but just as a trainee, I love going to the trainee dedicated sessions. Um, I was able to go to the fellows course and um, as faculty, obviously getting to help with some things, which has really been fun and exciting. Um, and as I mentioned, we're previewing um, what most people know as CHESS, which is also the American College of Chess Physicians, the CHESS 2023 annual meeting, which is taking place from October 8th through 11th in Honolulu, Hawaii. And I think even more than normal, everyone's super excited for this meeting and it might have to do something with the location this year. Yeah, totally. I Everyone is just so pumped. They have their vacation planned either before or after, or if they're just going for the conference, still just going to be absolutely beautiful. So I think it's really added to the suspense and everyone's really looking forward to it. Let's dive in. We're joined by an absolute great panel of guests today. We're including past, present, and future conference chairs, all of whom I imagine are extremely busy. And so we appreciate them taking the time today. We're going to start with Subhani Chandra. She's an associate professor at Columbia University. She's the vice chair of medicine for education and the internal medicine residency program director. She was the chair of the Chess Scientific Program Committee for Chess in 2022, and she joined us when we came direct from Nashville last year for an outstanding episode and a more, even more outstanding conference. She is currently the chair for the Training and Transitions Committee and has been busy this past year planning for some amazing things in the coming month. Subhani, thanks for coming back to Palm Peeps. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me back. It's always fun to be here. Thanks so much, Subhani. And, and in other words, a, a short version, just Subhani's a big deal, <laughs> as we can say. <laughs> also following Subhani, though, is another big deal. Um, we have Dr. Anisa Das. Anisa is a professor of medicine at the Ohio State University Wexner Medical Center. There, she's the assistant director of the OSU Sleep Program, as well as the director of the Portable Sleep Testing Program. She was the vice chair of CHESS 2022 Scientific Programming Committee and is the uh, current chair for 2023 conference. Anissa, I can only imagine how incredibly busy you are leading up to the conference. So thank you so much for taking the time and welcome to Pump Peeps. It's my absolute honor to be here. I'm always excited to talk about this great meeting we have planned. Us too. Next, we're happy to welcome to the show Gabe Boslett. Gabe is a professor of clinical medicine in the Department of Pulmonary and Critical Care, Sleep, and Occupational Medicine at Indiana University. He is the Assistant Dean for Faculty Affairs and Professional Development at IU, and he is the current Vice Chair of the CHESS 2023 Scientific Programming Committee and will be the Chair-Elect uh, for next year. Thanks for being here, Gabe. Thanks so much for having me, you guys. I'm really stoked. 
Thanks so much, Gabe. And I'm looking forward to, I've never met you in person. So looking forward to meeting you in person um, next month. And finally, rounding out our panelists today, we have uh, Dr. Husafa Salat. Husafa um, is a budding clinician educator who's currently working as a consultant pulmonologist and intensivist at Advocate Aurora Health in Wisconsin. He recently completed his pulmonary and critical care fellowship at the University of Oklahoma Health Sciences Center. He's a, one of the most enthusiastic members of chess that I'm aware of, and he actually had the idea for doing this preview, which we are very grateful for. He's worked with us here on Pool Peeps in the past. You may have seen some of his tutorials as well as radiology rounds, but this is his first time on the podcast, so thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me, and I'm glad we could have this official podcast, finally. I know, for sure. And we'll get started into some questions, but just as a brief reminder, this podcast isn't meant for specific medical advice and the opinions expressed today are our own and don't necessarily reflect the policy by respective employers. But first, let's go ahead and dive in. Yeah, absolutely. To get things started, I'd like to talk a little bit about the location of the conference in Honolulu, Hawaii. We talked a little bit about how excited everyone was and is, uh, but we would be remiss if we didn't open by acknowledging that Hawaii has just experienced a, a pretty devastating and heartbreaking disaster with the wildfires in Maui. In our role as physicians, it's really imperative we're aware of all the environmental implications and local implications of different events going on around the world. And so it's important for us to be aware and active about this. Anissa, I know Chest is thinking about this and doing some great things. Can you please tell us about some of those initiatives to help the people of Hawaii during this time? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So not only is this immensely important to me as an individual, it's important to Chest as well. And part of the movement that we have really been shifting towards as an organization is to really immerse ourselves in the communities that we are holding our, our, our meetings in. So we have been acutely aware of the of the wildfires and have been in communication. And as it turns out, the financial support of tourism is actually very important, especially to all of the islands, but including Maui. Um, so they are excited to have us. Um, we have posted on our website and in our uh, news articles multiple links for financial support. So we're trying to um, raise economical support, additional the ways that you can support local businesses while you're there, right? If you're going to get your cool new Hawaiian gear before the meeting, go to some of our sites so that you can purchase things from Hawaiian-owned, locally-owned businesses and, and further support those businesses. The other thing, and I, and I apologize for the length of my answer, but there's so many cool things we're doing. We are working with the Convention Center and the One Million Trees Program. This is a program that really tries to identify what your carbon impact is going to be when you come to Hawaii. And to help reduce that, that impact, CHEST will be planting 42 trees in advance of CHEST 2023. Dr. Baslett and I get to actually plant one of those trees ourselves and dedicate them. I'm super pumped. But also, we're going to have the opportunity at the meeting for anyone who comes to the meeting and wants to help reduce their own carbon impact they too can decide to purchase and dedicate a tree to plants on the islands while they're there. Um, so, so those are three, some really important things that we're doing. And then the final thing is that we are launching our new Chest Community Connections initiative this year in Hawaii that hopefully will not just be a one-off. You're going to probably see it in Boston with Gabe as well. 
This year, we are connecting with three partners, the Kokua Kalihi Valley, and they work with ensuring that food insecurities are addressed, as well as the Wai'anae Coast Comprehensive Health Center. They work with identifying health needs as well as food insecurity needs. And they do a really cool thing where they have a farmer's market that takes food stamps so that we can get healthy food utilizing government money. And Chess will actually be present there with some volunteers educating on asthma and donating inhalers and spacers to those in need, in particular because of the increased need due to the wildfires and the, ex and the exposure in that area. Um, and then finally, our third or uh, partner will be the Hawaii LGBT Legacy Foundation, because it turns out it's Pride Month in October in Hawaii. So we'll be doing all those things. Thanks so much, Anissa. That's so awesome to hear and definitely looking forward to the, the collaborative um, opportunities. And I think you just mentioned at least four great ways those attending chess can participate in, but even those that may not be able to go to chess this year, um, definitely can get a look at the website and potentially um, help out and look at some of the links if they're able to offer any type of financial support, um, as you mentioned. And in general, I think we did, we all just talked about how great Honolulu is going to be as a location and something that I know everyone on the panel today is very excited about. And certainly the location of conferences has been a hot topic of discussion in the last few years. And Subani, I'm wondering if you could share any insights into how this location was chosen and what factors go into conference location selections in general. Yeah, I can share my little snapshot of it. I think there's a whole team that works on this and they plan these things many years in advance because obviously chess is like an enormous meeting with thousands of participants. So I think it limits the number of places that can host um, a group that size. So uh, meeting locations are determined many years ago, many years in advance. So like four, five, six years in advance. I think chess tries to be thoughtful about geographic location and making sure they're not only on the East Coast or only on the West Coast, so they rotate around the country. I think in, in recent years, there's been a lot more thinking that goes into those locations. So I'm excited to see chess approach in the coming years because the meetings we're having now um, are, are locations that were determined five, six, seven years ago. So I think we'll see a lot more variation, a lot more community engagement, like Anissa just described, and other things that really, I think, make the location as much a part of the meeting as everything else. Yeah, that's great. I think it's really interesting to hear about the local community engagement, and we have to think about how our conferences influence those communities and how the communities influence their conference attendees. So it'll be an interesting way to see the next couple of years unfold. I think a lot of people are planning their exciting trips. So I am adding plant a tree to mine. Yeah, that sounds like a very cool initiative. Huseyfa, I know you've been thinking about Chess 2023 for a while now. You reached out to us and you know, it's been on your agenda. Do you have any plans set up in Hawaii for around the conference? Yes, unfortunately, even though I had uh, submitted a, a few sessions and had one that we're collaborating on as well on chess, unfortunately, there have been some personal stuff at my end. So it looks like I may not be able to make it. We're still trying to see if uh, we can work something around. And my partners as well, one of them called in sick during that week. They have uh, a delivery of their uh, a baby as well. So they're asking me to cover their shifts as well. I might not be able to make it, even though I was so pumped and stuff, but we'll see. We'll see. 
fingers crossed to see if we can move things around. Fingers crossed. As listeners may know, I missed ATS this past year. I had a baby and life things happen. Conferences will come around. So you got to take care of colleagues as well. So we'll keep our fingers crossed though. Yeah, definitely. Hoping to see you there. And I imagine programming for a conference as large as chess can be both super exciting, but also daunting. And Gabe, I didn't, I forgot to mention, you are also a big deal. And you've been involved with chess for many years um, on various leadership roles. And I'm wondering if you can comment on the work needed to create a conference agenda that encompasses pulmonary medicine, critical care medicine, as well as sleep medicine that appeals not only to trainees, but very seasoned faculty. Yeah, this is something that chess focuses a lot on. And so the program committee for chess is a large group of humans um, that start before a year in advance of the meeting. So I actually just submitted this morning um, names for the program committee for chess 2024, actually in Boston. And there are a lot of people who work on making sure that the content of the meeting is both broad in its uh, scope, but also applies to people at the beginning of their careers, middle of the careers and end of their careers. So I was the chair of the training and transitions committee for chest for multiple years. In fact, that's one of the first ways that I got involved in chest and chest does a terrific job of programming for people, especially at the beginning of their careers. I went to both chest and ATS as a trainee and loved both meetings for different reasons. But I really fell in love with chess because they clearly made, put a lot of effort into making education fun. So while the content may be the same, um, a lot of, they put a lot of effort into gamifying a lot of the learning at chess. The work that goes into it is really Herculean and takes place over a very long period of time in order to make sure that the conference is as good as it can be. Thanks so much, Damon. And definitely, as you said, important to remember, it's a, a large team of, of people putting a lot of thought into this. And I know if you go to the CHESS website right now, the schedule for the conference is currently available online. And I know that you're going to be chairing a session entitled, This is Our Lane, The Necessity of the Clinician Voice and Advocacy, Gabe. And I'm wondering if you could share with those listening today, what motivated you to submit this session? And can you provide a bit of a preview of the session for those listening today? Yeah, my career has taken a dramatic turn since the pandemic, and uh, I live in Indiana and realized during the pandemic that the political atmosphere has become something that has affected us in the hospitals. And I have become pretty active in the state of Indiana in sort of a group called the Good Trouble Coalition. We founded this nonprofit that has the goal of improving public health equity and patient-centered care in the state, mostly at the state house. So I've spent a lot of time thinking about advocacy issues here in Indiana. And um, this um, session is one in which we'll touch on climate change, the Dobbs decision, we'll touch on affirmative action, we'll touch on what are our roles as physicians in being part of the social conversation around these issues. I think it's something that a lot of us have thought of as not part of our roles before, but more and more are, are learning that it our voices matter and are important. And so we're going to highlight that with this session. 
That's so cool. I really hope to be able to attend. I couldn't agree more that the politics affect the job, but also that the politics and the circumstances going on affect the patients. And that's our main priority. We have to be uh, thinking about that and those implications that we should be playing an active role. It sounds like it'd be a great session. I think that in general, we work to make sure this conference has broad appeal to a wide variety of participants who we already talked about for trainees, for experienced participants. Anissa, I know you've been thinking about this a lot and you want to make sure that when you're programming sessions, you have a diverse group of topics and speakers. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that process and making sure that the topics and speakers reflect all components of our society and of our workforce? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. So you're right. That has always been important. I think Dr. Chandra in the preceding year made it um, very clear that this was important and, and following in that lead we have worked very hard to ensure that we have representation um, from not only different parts of the country, but around the world. There'll be a lot of international speakers and thought leaders from different parts of the world. Um, there'll be uh, faculty from different races, from different genders, and from different disciplines. We're really focusing on making sure that you're not, as a pulmonologist, you're not just hearing the pulmonologist view, but you're hearing the pathologist view, the surgical view, the radiologist view. So it's really a multidisciplinary immersive experience in education. And along those lines, we're working towards creating more advanced learning tracks, right? So each year at CHESS, next year, you're going to see even more, but each year at CHESS, we're starting to now add in these advanced learning tracks. So this year, the courses that occur before and after the chess meeting, which had traditionally been um, defined as postgraduate courses, we're reimagining them as master classes. So they're really focused on people who want high level advanced learning. And we're going to be creating different tracks of advanced coursework. So folks who say, I don't want just basic stuff. I really want some advanced level things that'll be easier for them to identify. Oh, that's great. And before we even go on, when can people still sign up for these and join? When's the last time? That yes, they sir. You can still sign up. You can register online. So when you go to the registration site, you can uh, you can register for several things, the master classes. And then FYI, the master class. So the master classes prior to the meeting are on Oahu in Honolulu. But the ones afterward are in Maui. So ugh, bummer, you'd have to fly to another island and go. <laughs> so you could do Maui. And it is it is in a part that is safe. And again, we have thoroughly vetted that um, we are welcome and actually encouraged to, to be there. Um, yes, you can still sign up for those. As well as um, there's sessions, um, lunch hour sessions and meet the professor sessions and advanced problem-based learning sessions um, that are... Um, one hour sessions you can register for. Those are an add on that you can do as well. There's a max of 25 learners in that room. So it's a great way to work closely and problem solve with a thought leader in our field. That's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, that's super exciting things coming our way. And just great to hear, Anissa, how Chess prioritizes both a diverse workforce and a multidisciplinary workforce with being super thoughtful and intentional about who's being asked to, to present. And I know you're, Anissa, you're going to be chairing a few sessions as well. I think two things that I saw, both slightly different, but one of them is going to be a live game or memories. And then the second one is women as leaders in chess medicine, journeys and stories along the way. So both very different topics. And I hope to be able to attend both sessions because they both seem really interesting and cool. But what are you looking forward to the most with these two sessions that you're sharing? Yeah, so 
in particular, the women as leaders in chest medicine is super close to my heart. So this is the first time in history that the president of ERS, the president of ATS, and the president of chest are all female. And I'm a female chair of the program. So it's a new horizon and we're celebrating that success. So that panel discussion is going to be an opportunity to hear the very different stories of these three leaders, some of the, the pitfalls that they came across, the ways that they overcame these pitfalls and their experiences. And what do we have to expect in our future with different role models and different levels of sponsorship? So I am super pumped about that. FYI, it's Monday, October 9th at 8.30 a.m. But I'm super excited about that one. And then with regards to the game, it's going to be fun. I don't want to tell you too much, but it's it's a combination of the old school memory game where you flip over cards. It's going to be life-size. It will absolutely not be that easy. It will be pulmonary critical care and sleep knowledge-based. And then it's going to be merged with the old school hot potato games and with encouraging a lot of audience participation that will be in the exhibit hall in the game area. And that's going to be a ton of fun. Oh, awesome. I love the chess games. Looking forward to that. All of them. They're great as Gabe was talking about, uh, and I'm sure we'll discuss more. And that sounds like a very cool session. We actually had Elizabeth Vigliante on the show previously, and she was talking about how there has been a lot of mentorship for women early in medicine, women in early in the career medicine, but less as we get later and we're coming to the leader. So the fact that we're addressing that uh, untapped need is amazing. I want to turn to everybody else, Gabe, Subani, Huseyfa, other things, other specific sessions that you're either leading or that you're looking forward to attending. Gabe, maybe we'll start with you. Let's see. We have the one that I'm looking forward to leading is one called Chest After Hours, which is something that we started last year. And Chest After Hours is, is really envisioned as a storytelling session. So we have recruited three storytellers for this year, all pulmonary critical care physicians, all members of Chest. And I'm working with my co-hosts, Rena and Kara, to develop these stories. And if you've listened to the Moth Radio Hour, a moth style unscripted storytelling session. These are a way for us to demonstrate our humanity as physicians a bit more than anything. These won't be stories of we had right heart failure and I placed this one Gans catheter and everything was great. It's re really more stories of epi human side of um, being a physician. So I'm, I'm really stoked about that session. That one is a Tuesday um, afternoon. That was great. Yeah, I love that's going to be a great addition, Brie. Subhani? Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to this year's edition of Chest After Hours. I'm very happy to see it come back, and hopefully it'll be a future uh, pillar at the meeting every year. And as always, I am really looking forward to Chess Challenge. I think it is one of the highlights for the meeting, certainly for me, certainly for all of the TNT Training and Transitions Committee. And I think the many participants, it's highlights are fellows and it's, I think, gamification of education and entertainment. And so very excited. As always, we'll have some fun things up our sleeve so we can support our fellow finalists. We can uh, provide some entertainment and participation and prizes for the audience uh, and just have a grand old time. That is on Tuesday evening. So it's an evening event. And as always, there will be some nice food and drinks and just a grand old time. That's great. Oh, edutainment is my word of the day today. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 
Zepa, hopefully you can make it. And if you can, I know that you had some sessions in mind that you were proposing and thinking about leading. If you could tell us about it, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Since I had the opportunity to connect to fellow educators on Twitter and expand that horizon, one of the thoughts and sessions that I proposed and which got accepted was the pit pearls and pitfalls of social media and its impact on education. Myself, Palm Peeps, Nick Mark from ICU One Pagers, and Dave Shulman, the previous president of Chess. So we're all part of that session. And basically our thought and the way that because of how much influence and impact social media has and us being on the forefront of the Twitter sphere, we can see how much knowledge and discussion and active engagement we get and learn at the same time while we're having fun. So wanted to expand on that a little bit more. Of course, everything is fun and roses, but obviously there's a other side that we have to be aware of when we're doing education on social media. Really excited to share our perspectives and the thoughts and the experiences all of us have in that specific field. So that's something I'm really looking forward to. And then one more thing that happened last year, the chest after hours, I attended it and it was exceptional. If anyone is uh, a first time uh, for, and I met Gabe uh, at uh, that event as well. So two things happened uh, that was nice. So yeah, so that's an amazing session. It really changes your perspective. And uh, after COVID, I think we all realized how life is short and how easy burnout is and how easy it is to just work your way through your uh, fellowship, residency and early career and then realize that where did all that time go? And that after our discussion is putting a humanity aspect to the care that we provide in the ICU or on the floor and really brings out and tells you that those folks who you look up to as leaders and as presidents and as celebrity status, as say in our concrete sphere, how vulnerable and how human they actually are. And that sort of inspires you and makes you want to share your journey as well as mentor other people and show them that it's okay if you have a side passion. It's okay if things didn't go as you wished and learn from them. That's awesome. And just, uh, again, just, I think a lot of innovative things that the chest organization does specifically after hours, looking forward to that. And Subani, as you mentioned, the chest challenge, which a lot of people are putting thought into. And Subani, it's been incredible to work with you on the TNT committee this past year. You've been the chair of that and have done an amazing job leading us as a committee members. Um, I know that it's so obvious how many dedicated faculty there are working to create opportunities for trainees and junior faculty, as Gabe also alluded to earlier. And I know you're going to be leading a session at the conference on Sunday morning, the October 8th. Subani, it's going to be called Welcome to Chess, Making the Most Out of the Meeting Experience. And I'm wondering now, as, as a bit of a preview, can you share some general advice on how trainees or junior faculty can approach a conference, especially if it's their first time attending? Absolutely. Happy to. And I would say to all our listeners, you're already ahead of the game if you're listening to this podcast and Palm Peep. So that's a huge step in the right direction. And then there's so many things to help because just as you've been hearing, there's so many different things to do and it can seem overwhelming, especially if it's your first time at a large meeting like CHEST. So here are a few quick, I think, hacks, if you will. So first I would say use the app. It's really quick, it's convenient, and it helps you navigate the meeting very easily. Take a few minutes as you've registered, as you're planning, even five minutes, just scroll through the program. 
And then in the app, there are a couple of things that are dedicated specifically to help trainees and early career physicians. So there is a trainee track. Things are highlighted that are specially of interest, you think, to trainees and early career physicians. All the sessions also have something called tags. Tags are basically like searchable keywords. So if you are interested in specific things in sepsis or acute respiratory failure or central sleep apnea, you can search for those tags and it'll give you a list of sessions that are geared to those. There are also things such as network uh, featured stuff that um, aligns with each network. So if you have an interest in, let's say, critical care or in sleep disorders or in airway disorders, you can look for what sessions that specific network is recommending. The trainee lounge is a fantastic place for many reasons for everyone who's a trainee, not only is a place to sit down, recharge figuratively and all your devices literally and connect with people, but it also has a multitude of sessions that will help you navigate the meeting, that will help you meet leadership and staff at the meeting and other folks who are in a similar situation as you. And so you can get tips and things, sessions that they're looking forward to and other things like that from them and go attend some of them to together. And overall, I really see and feel that Chest um, actually has some of the warmest, friendliest staff and some of the most approachable leaders. And so um, you'll see them all over the convention center. So just ask anyone and I guarantee everyone will be happy to help, give suggestions, direct you wherever. And I think you'll have an awesome time at the meeting. And it's okay to want to go to more than one session at the same time. That's a great problem to have. It's a win. Whichever one you pick, it'll be great. That's great. Yeah, everyone should feel very empowered to approach people. If you go up to someone, you're not sure what to say. You can now say that Subani said that I should come talk to you. You would be a good person. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, Nisa, go ahead. So one more way to encourage conversation is there's going to be super fun ribbons this year. In addition to the old school faculty or speaker, we're going to have fun ones like coffee lover, foodie. So that's one more way to make a connection, right? You see a fellow foodie, you just give them a quick knocks, right? And so there's ways to connect that are easy. Yeah, that's great. Oh, that's an awesome initiative. I'm going to try to collect like one of each of them, I think. (laughs) Yeah. I vote for introvert as a ribbon. (laughs) You can choose not to wear ribbons for sure. This is all. That is really all great advice, Savani and Nisa. Let's maybe just end up with one more piece of advice from each of you, guidance for trainees, or if you have other insights for our listeners that they should take away leading up to the conference, we'll go from there. Gabe, anything to share? Yeah, I think Anissa touched on it, meet people. To me, the most important part of national meetings are meeting people. And we try to teach our fellows how to do this. But it really just requires you going up and saying, hey, my name's Gabe. I'm at Indiana University. Where are you and what do you do? It's that simple. And these are the way the connections are made. To me, the further along you get, the more the meeting happens outside of the meeting rooms and in the hallways and the coffee shops and the bars around the meeting. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's like the, the key to all this is you get to all be get together in person, which we never get anymore. So hopefully everyone can make some great connections. Uh, Nisla, any other advice for trainees or, or insights? Well, to the company? Gabe, Gabe stole mine. So I'm just going to, I'm going to build on that <laughs> because it's, well, because I agree, honestly, I think we have the ability to learn and from lots of venues, right? We can read books, we can do online courses, we can sit in the lecture hall. This is a unique opportunity to immerse yourself in learning. And by immersing yourself in learning, immerse yourself in the experience. So I would encourage every single person to try to meet one new person, at least during the week, if not every day. That can be going up afterwards, after a, a talk, and just telling the speaker, hey, I thought you did a great job. You would be shocked. There's some pretty big deals who would be so grateful to hear somebody just come up and say, you know what you said meant something to me. It is so easy and people are always starving for some connection. And so don't have imposter syndrome yourself. You're totally just, we're all in the same boat. It's so easy to be scared to do it, but I encourage you to try to meet somebody and create your own Chestohana or family in, in Hawaii. Oh, I love it. That's great. Is Ava, anything, advice that you took from, it sounds like you had a great conference last year, things that you would uh, ask people to, to look forward to this year? Uh, yeah, I would echo what Dr. Das and Dr. Boslet said. And the other thing is that since it was my first uh, chess session last year, just go outside your comfort zone. I initially thought I would just go for a few days, meet some people, and that's it. But before the conference, I got the opportunity to be a panelist on one of the meetings with some pretty big uh, leaders in the chess world in the chess trainee lounge. And so we had a whole symbiosis of mentorship talk where I was a panelist. So that was something out of the blue. There's multiple grants that you can apply for. I was lucky enough to be one of the 15 selected for the chess diversity travel grant. So that came up as well. And then just as everyone alluded to networking and meeting people who you've seen or heard or looked at one of their research papers and get a chance to collaborate and network and just understand and learn from them. There's so much learning and edutainment, as you mentioned, happening at chess that even if you just do nothing and just as Dr. Das said, just meet one person a day, you'll still get so much knowledge and so much feedback and so much interaction that the meeting will be very worthwhile. Subhani, a final word. I know you already shared your advice. Anything I else? I think everybody's, I think, said with the core of chest is, I feel like it is a really special professional society, as I'm sure you're all getting a flavor. It is about the whole. Is about the whole patient, the whole provider. It really is about the whole you. And a lot of thought goes into that. And you can feel it when you're at the meeting. So whether you're a first-time attendee or a whatever-time attendee, you will not only be welcome, you will feel welcome. And it's a great group to belong to. So I'm really excited to see you all there. Awesome. We're excited too. Uh, my one piece of advice for conference is always go to the poster sessions. Next year's papers all start at posters. You'll meet a lot of people, make some good connections for your own research projects. Christina, anything to take us away? No, super excited about it. Trying to go to as much as I can and making my list now. Um, for those that you haven't had time to sign up yet for chess, you still have a few weeks. Um, and for those that are um, going to be joining, we look forward to seeing you there. Uh, for anyone listening today, if you see something really cool at the conference, definitely chat tag Chess 2023 and uh, also 
uh, hashtag chess trainees and can't wait to see you there next month. Sounds great. Is that the last point you wanted to make? Yeah, just before we go, my fellowship program is one of the finalists at the Chess Challenge. So wanted to take this opportunity and wish Abdullah and everyone who goes uh, to chess, Hiba, don't uh, disappoint us. And hopefully you guys bring the trophy back to Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck to you. Palm Peeps officially endorses all teams that are in the finals. No. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you all for listening. Join us in two weeks. We appreciate your time.